Welcome, 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 everybody. What is going on? What's happening? Welcome to the Sports Business Podcast. I am your host, Eric Compton, aka Mr. Count Business. I hope everyone had a fabulous week. I hope everyone's staying safe. Uh, man, I got a great guest on the show. I'm going to ask him a quick question before we get on. This man needs no introduction because he's been a guest on here a couple of times now. So um, always a pleasure when we got people that come over back over to the house and want to break bread with us and talk talk it up. So um, I got the great Mr. Christopher Kennedy with us, who is the own the host of the fantasy football. Uh, fan- uh, I'm sorry, the fantasy football uh, show that he has um, fantasy fantasy headliners that he started in 2019. Um, he's out there on YouTube, gives all the great daily fantasy tips. Um, I figured that it was a great time because now between starting this week, actually, um, this Thursday, all the way until Valentine's Day weekend, we got football one way, shape, or form, whether that's college, pro. So I figured that why not bring it back? This is a good time to talk. There's a whole lot of football that's going to be happening and a whole lot of different storylines that's going to be taking place. So without further ado, I got my man, Christopher Kennedy here, man. Thank you so much for coming on, man. Thank you, Eric. Always a great time to get back on the show with you, just to chop it up. And like you said, we've got we got our first football game in about three days here. So, I mean, a lot of you guys have your fantasy football drafts coming up in the next three, maybe four weeks. So, you know, we're uh, we're here for you. Absolutely. And, I, you know, I have a great YouTube show. I know you're about to get ready to start your show up within the next couple of hours. So um, we'll definitely get into that. So you can go ahead and spread the word because you are the you are my fantasy football guru, guys. So um, whether that's daily fantasy, you know, fantasy football drafts, he does it all. So if you ain't checked out this man's YouTube channel, make sure you check it out. But other than that, man, um, quick question. Um, is it me or does it seem like every time you go outside, you feel like you're spending money recently? Like I just went outside and I feel like every time I go outside, I spend like $100 just on frivolous stuff, man. Yeah. So for me, it's it's food because <laughs> yeah, with yeah. the weather being beautiful, you know, the sun shining, you know, I want to go out and I want to I want to sit outside and, and you know, have some lunch, order a drink and just enjoy the beautiful weather. So, yeah, for me, you know, my frivolous spending is usually on food just because I want to be outside and I want to enjoy the weather. Hey, man, I, I, I literally just went outside uh, just to pick up a couple of things. And, yeah, I feel like it's food and just like groceries and just necessity you know just the everyday day-to-day get by stuff so i just thought i asked you a question because i feel like i you know it's just it's a lot of money just coming out so but oh, yeah. a lot of money coming out i got you here you always have your uh your show you got the fantasy headliners coming up so i just wanted to talk shop with you man because like you said a lot of people got their fantasy football drafts coming up um within the next first, second, couple of weeks but um Man, what's 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 your take on a 17 game season? They took one preseason game, which used to be four preseason games, um, subtracted that and kind of rolled that into a regular 16 16 game regular season to a 17 regular regular 17 games of a regular season. So, what's your take on that? I mean, as a fan, I love it. Um, as a fantasy football analyst, it just means one more one more extra week of work. So that's a little bit you know of a pain, but. I will say this. I do like like that they actually eliminated one preseason game, you know, shorten the preseason a little bit. You know, we still have training camps. You still get the three preseason games in. Um, And, you know, as a football fan, yeah, we get an extra week of football. So that's great there. Um, From a fantasy football standpoint, though, you know, it's... it's not going to change too much. You know, for those of you who are commissioners, you're running your own leagues, 
Um, it does mean that you just have to adjust, you know, when your regular season ends and when you want your fantasy playoffs to begin. So you just kind of have to adjust for that additional week. Um, but also it's another week that players could get injured, you know? So that's mm -hmm. another week where, you know, maybe, maybe coaches are going to give their players a little bit more rest, you know, maybe for week 17, um, or week 16, you know, maybe you see more players start to rest or don't see as many reps as they would have. Um, but for me, I'm going to be approaching this as I would any other fantasy football season. I'm not going to change my strategy. I'm not really going to be tweaking very much. It's just an additional week of football that we get to enjoy. Absolutely. And I, it's funny that you brought it up because I was thinking more of the preseason side. Um, usually yep. that, that third game is usually the full-on dress rehearsal game. It's what usually is the rule of thumb. Um, which has kind of gone on tradition is that week three of the preseason, that's when you have a full live on audition. That's usually when your starters play at least at a minimum one quarter, maybe even the first half. Um, and then kind of that, that fourth preseason game is kind of a, you know, if you're that guy on the, you know, 53, 54 on the, the, on the 53 man, man roster, anywhere between 50 something and 70 something, you're still trying to buy for that spot. So it's going to, to me, I, I'm looking at that preseason and be a little bit more interesting as far as what they, which game, which week will they be using, utilizing it as their full-on dress rehearsal? You know, we already got Pittsburgh against Dallas this week. I'm yep. pretty sure Dak Prescott's not going to be playing in week one uh, or week this this week just due to the fact that he's coming off of a season, serious season-ending um, dislocated ankle. And now we're hearing shoulder-shoulder uh, shoulder issues uh, going on with his throwing arm. So I'm, I'd be surprised that he plays. But what's your, in, like, what's your take as far as how will they be utilizing preseason more than ever? Because... Last year, they didn't even have preseason. It was literally just training camp, and then week one, boom, they got right into it. So, um, is you think anything will kind of help? Will that help or hurt the, uh, the guys that are vying for that last roster spot? It's definitely, having the preseason this year is absolutely going to be helping the rookies. You know, last year, we saw a lot of the, the rookies. It took them a few weeks to really kind of get things going, um, in particular, Jonathan Taylor. You know, it took him a handful of games before the, the game started to slow down for him, and he really was starting to be able to see the defense for what it was, and then we saw him really break out. You know, uh, Justin Jefferson, same thing. Took him a few games to really get going. T. Higgins as well. So yeah. for these rookies, this preseason is going to be a great opportunity to continue to get reps with the starters to really gel um, and also just having training camps and OTAs this year is a big help for these guys. So for the rookies, it's going to help them the most. Um, as far as the starters, you know, are concerned, they're not going to play a ton this preseason. You know, maybe week two preseason, we'll see more of them play, but week three will be more or less maybe the first quarter or maybe the first series. And then that's it. The coaches aren't going to try to get them injured, you know, in the last preseason game of the year. So um, for me, I'm looking at the week two preseason week for really those those starters to get the reps in and then you know the final preseason game is going to be for those guys trying to make the 53-man roster absolutely and you brought up a good point as far as injuries last year we saw a i'm gonna usually every year we see a lot of injuries to star players but it felt like last year we lost a lot of players huh? we, we lost like i said Dak prescott with the gruesome ankle injury obj odell beckham jr um which ironically yeah. after he got hurt the browns kind of thrived um which is interesting uh, Saquon Brock Barkley blew out his ACL and then also Christian McCaffrey who I had as my starting running back last year in my fantasy league didn't really play a majority of the season because of the high ankle sprain um, who has the most to prove after having a down an injury plague season or you know a lot of cats that were out for the year not to mention we're talking about Carson Wentz who's now practically out for the entire year as well so um, who, who do you think has the most to prove this year I think for me um, 
OBJ just seems to be a guy who just can't stay healthy, unfortunately. Um, he's got a great situation in Cleveland. You know, Baker Mayfield really came on strong towards the end of last year. So I'm excited to see what the Browns could do on offense. Um, but I, I think a lot of pressure is going to be on Saquon Barkley. You know, he was mm -hmm. the number two overall pick by the New York Giants a few years back. And he had that great rookie season. He's had a couple of injuries over the last couple of seasons that have really kind of held him back. I do think that he's built differently than a lot of these other running backs. So I do Ooh, expect man. him to come back and to really, you know, show that he is one of the top running backs in the league. So I'm looking forward mostly to, to seeing what Saquon can do coming back from that ACL injury. I, I totally agree. As far as OBJ goes, um, it, it seems like he just can't get right, whether it was injuries with New York and then obviously that torn ACL. I'm going to go with somewhat of a wild card. I, I think Ezekiel Elliott. I, rather, he, I know he wasn't really hurt last year, but um, he did miss, like, I think he missed a couple of games for the first time in his career, but he did have somewhat of a down year last year. And, you know, you could probably blame that on the banged up O-line, um, you know, Dak being gone, that kind of, the, the workload was supposed to be more shouldered on him, but it didn't seem like it. Um, I, I would say Ezekiel Elliott's a guy who I'm going to be looking out for because he did come into that year signing a huge contract and. You know what they say, once you get, you know, you get a, a nice contract, you know, dinner gets a little, your dinner plate gets a little bit more heavier and, you know, you don't really go to the gym as much. So I'm going to look to see what Ezekiel Elliott has to bring because I feel like the Cowboys, ugh, it's going to be a make it or break a year for them. I, I, well, it feels like every year is, but I think, you know, with with him, you know, what do the, does Jerry Jones want to continue for, moving forward with a, with a running back who's starting to kind of deteriorate and his productivity is starting not it's starting to not match up with the dollars that he's being paid with. I think that with with the return of Dak Prescott, I think Zeke's going to be fine personally. And, and I say that because before Dak went out with his injury last season, uh, Ezekiel Elliott statistically was a top three, top four running back in the league. He was the, the number four uh, overall fantasy running back at the time. And then when Dak went out and Andy Dalton came in, you know, the defenses were stacking the box because they weren't worried about Andy Dalton. They weren't worried about Andy Dalton at all. They were trying to focus on Zeke. So I think with with Dak Prescott there, defenses are going to have to account for him, you know, not only using his legs, but using that arm to get the ball to Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup and CeeDee Lamb, because the defense of Dallas is still so terrible that right. they're going to have to throw their way back into a lot of these games. And so I think it's going to open up a lot more things for Ezekiel Elliott. I do think that Zeke is definitely going to bounce back and become the running back that he was before Dak went out with his injury with that ankle. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's going to be, yeah, I, I think, I, I'm hoping, I, I like Zeke a lot. Um, I'm hoping that it does, and I'm also rooting for Dak. So I hope the shoulder injury doesn't labor too much into the regular season. The shoulder injury is one of those things that you kind of just got to wait and see and hope hope for the best and, you know, you know, hopefully it doesn't get too worse than what it is. And hopefully just him sitting out a couple of days, he's able to heal back. But speaking of throwing the ball, man, what in the hell is going on in Green Bay, uh, uh, Chris? Like, it feels like it, every day is like another episode of the days of our, of our lives, especially the last two weeks with Aaron Rodgers. Um, he had a really, really interesting presser that went on for about 30-some-odd minutes, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and it was a well-thought-out presser. It wasn't like he was really bashing the organization, but he was kind of bringing up good points like, you know, who comes to who comes on summer vacation to Green Bay? And he, he brought up the... The people that he tried to recruit or the people he wanted to still stay here in, in Green Bay and the organization kind of went towards a different direction. And now it looks like they're going to try to patch things together and kind of go on this this Michael Jordan and the 98 Bulls last run. But I mean, you kind of got to win some championships before you can go on the last run. And granted, they went on a they've been to the NFC championship game the last three years. It hasn't translated to even a Super Bowl uh, uh, appearance. 
Um, do you think that they can kind of get it together? I know Minnesota's is pretty good. Um, you know, ain't no telling what Justin Fields and the Chicago Bears are going to be looking like this year, but can, can they actually pull this off? I, I don't think so. I mean, that, I don't know if they can get past Tampa Bay. You know, they were very close last season. You know, it all came down to that decision for them to kick the field goal instead of going forward on fourth down, you know, right when they were, you know, within the, the, the 10 yard line of Tampa Bay. So, um, with Aaron Rodgers, I'm not worried about him. You know, I love what he said in that press conference. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he, he, he said it, he said it exactly how he needed to say it because what are the Green Bay Packers going to do? It's like, yeah, they kind of, he kind of threw them under the bus, but deservedly so, you know, they haven't right. really done much to help him out over the years. So, um, he was, he's the reigning MVP of the league. He's still one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And I don't think he has enough to get over that hump to get them to the Super Bowl. Uh, their defense is is good enough. Uh, they re-signed Aaron Jones. They do have Devontae Adams still. You know, he came back pretty much because they decided to make a trade for Randall Cobb, which Aaron Rodgers wanted. So he's got he's got his buddy Cobb back. Robert Tunyon's still an emerging tight end. Um, so they have a really good, solid offense. I just don't know if it's going to be enough to to get them to that, you know, that next level past the Tampa Bay Buccaneers because you do have more teams in the NFC who have improved more so than the Green Bay Packers have. So I'm not worried about Aaron Rodgers individually, statistically speaking, uh, but as a team, I'm still I'm still a little bit up in the air with them. Man, you got up you brought some good points up right there. You know, they have a pretty the defense is a middle, you know, a middle row pack, so we're talking about 15, 16, I would I would assume which is good enough to get you get you a champ, you know, to win a championship. Um, you brought up Aaron Jones, you brought up Tanya, you brought up Devonta Adams, you got Cobb. Um, you got up, you brought all of these things up, and you and, and you know it's it's like a yeah, but and and I guess my question is the yeah, but like you said, instead of going for the touchdown last year in the championship game, NFC championship game, they go for the field goal. Is this more of a coaching thing where people are so still somewhat hesitant about the Green Bay Packers? Because you brought up a good point. A lot of teams in FC are getting better. But the Green Bay Packers are kind of just still somewhat treading water and just kind of treading to get by. Is it coaching? I mean, I, I don't want to put it all on the floor. I mean, that was his decision to to kick the field goal, you know. And, right. and like I said, Green Bay, they were, you know, a, a mere 10 yards or less away from, you know, potentially taking the lead against the, the Buccaneers and maybe going to the Super Bowl against the Kansas City Chiefs. So I don't want to sit here and say that the Packers aren't a good team or they don't have what it takes. But, you know, when it comes down to it, yeah, maybe it's the coaching. You know, what's going to happen the next time that they're in that situation in a big game? What is LaFleur actually going to do? Is he going to take the gamble and trust his MVP quarterback? You know, or is he going to go with the analytics and say, okay, we'll just take the points. So that's what I'm going to be looking forward to seeing. Right, right. And and, and like you said, I, I come, I, you know, I might be showing my age a little bit here, but I come from a day and age where you take the points, you know, if the points are given to you, you just take them. So right. I understand where he was coming from, but also at the same time, you got the baddest man on the planet, Aaron Rodgers, who's probably one of the most, outside of Russell Wilson, probably the most clutch quarterback. I'm not talking, you know, it's one thing to be a great quarterback, but it's another quarter, uh, thing, another notch to be a clutch guy. And he's definitely that, so. I, I, I just wanted to get your take on it because, like you said, it was a well-thought-out presser that he had last weekend. He did kind of throw the Packers under the bus, but he kind of addressed why he felt the way he felt. And the way he put it out there, it was well-thought-out. And it was like, yeah, he kind of right. You know, he ain't lying. So really, really interesting, and I wanted to get your take on it. Um, switching gears, I kind of wanted to, you know, we had some we had some huge moves. We have Julio Jones going to, uh, to Tennessee. 
Um, you know, so what, who's who's your dark horse each out of each conference this year coming out of either the AFC or the NFC that can probably give Kansas City or Tampa Bay a run for their money this year? I mean, I I don't I I, I if you want to start in the East, um, you know the the Miami Dolphins are very interesting. You know, mm. Tua is now another year removed from that hip injury. He's getting healthier. He's starting to look like that quarterback who, you know, if he, if it weren't for that hip injury, he would have been the number one overall pick over Joe Burrow. It would have been Tua, mm-hmm. but it was right. that hip injury that really set him back. Um, if the Buffalo Bills can figure out a running game outside of Josh Allen, they have as good a chance as anybody at knocking off the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, the Bills added some speed uh, on the defense at the edge rushing position, which is what they absolutely needed because in that AFC conference game, they weren't able to get to Patrick Mahomes. They weren't able to really generate a pass rush, and they have some guys now that are able to do that. So again, if they can rush the quarterback and if they can establish a run game outside of Josh Allen, I love the Bills coming out of the AFC and out of the NFC. You know, to to, to battle Tampa Bay, I think it still has to be Green Bay. You know, Green Bay right now probably has the best chance out of anybody because of the offense, because of the defense. My dark horse, though. It's going to be the Washington football team. And I say that because they have one of the best defenses in the league that's still super, super young. They now have a competent quarterback in Ryan Fitzpatrick. They have a great running back in Antonio Gibson. You know, they still have Terry McLaurin, Logan Thomas. They have a good enough offense to score points. It's that defense that I absolutely love. So if I have to pick a dark horse out of the NFC, I'm going with Washington. Man, you brought up the gift and the curse of Fitch Mad Fitz Magic, uh, as far as the oh, yeah. football team out of Washington goes. Um, it can go either really, really good for about five games, or it's gonna go really, really, really south within the next five games after that. That would be my only hesitant about the football team out of Washington. Um, Buffalo, yes, if they can come up with a a, a competent running game outside of uh Josh Allen, absolutely, hands down. They might even run it back and win the a- uh, AFC East again. Um, I, I probably would say my, my biggest question mark would be probably be Baltimore. What does Baltimore do? Does, you know, outside of Lamar Jackson, and I don't think they got enough help, but just him alone, they can probably win some games and kind of push the envelope. But this is what, year three or year four for Lamar Jackson? So are, is it going to start being a one-trick pony where defenses are going to start being a pick it up, pick up on, his, on the schemes and the gimmicks of the Ravens because he's not able to stretch the, stretch the ball down the field? I think their best receiver last year was what? Willie Sneed. Um, so I, 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 I like Baltimore if they can figure it out and get some help as far as wide receivers goes, depending on how they look. My dark horse out of the NFC, it's probably a two-headed monster out of the NFC West. And I'm either going to go with either the LA Rams or the Seattle Seahawks. And the reason why I'm going to say LA Rams is because they had gotten to a Super Bowl with a mediocre quarterback in Jared Goff. Now they have Matt Stafford, who has now probably the best squad around him and you know this is a make it or break it year for Matt Stafford to kind of figure out hey are you really as good as what everyone thinks you are now that you have talent around you and can you figure this out or are are, are the Rams going to be looking like boo-boo the fool and being like hey maybe we should have just drafted a quarterback this year and as far as Seattle goes I, I like Russell Wilson you can't never catch you can't never count out the Seattle Seahawks so um I, I think I feel like they can figure it out DK Metcalf is probably going to be a top five receiver in, in the game this year so Seattle and I got Seattle and uh and and, and LA the LA Rams as my dark horse. Tell me, yeah, I, I love 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 the Rams. You know, phenomenal defense, top two, top three in the league, if not number one. 
Um, you know, the addition of Matthew Stafford, uh, losing Cam Akers to that Achilles injury is really going to hurt them. So that's going to put a lot of pressure on, on Daryl Henderson to see if he can carry up the bulk of that workload in the backfield. Um, but again, with Robert Woods, Cooper Cup, Van Jefferson, you know, uh, Tyler Higby still, the, the passing game is going to be phenomenal. Yeah, I agree. So um, we'll see what ends up happening with that. Hey, man, you got you got time for uh, maybe a little NBA free agency basketball to talk about? I know. Sure. I, I don't know as much about the NBA as you do, but I will I will hang on for as much as I can here. So, uh, well, let's start with the draft last week. What did you think of it? Because I I don't know if you listened to the show last week, but uh, I wasn't impressed with anybody coming into uh, into this class. I know uh, the Cunningham kid that got drafted out of Detroit or got drafted to Detroit was supposed it was pretty much the consensus number one overall draft pick. Yep. I think it's just me who probably is just lack of watching college basketball, but. Um, yeah, I didn't. I mean, I really wasn't impressed with the Warriors. Um, I know a lot of people say Detroit won. The Rockets had three first round draft. I mean, what, what, what was your take on the draft last week? As far as you know, what, what you thought from the brief? I'm pretty sure you're watching Olympics more than the draft, so I, I, I'll give you that. I think with this year's um, this year's draft class was very similar to last year. It was very top heavy. You know, not not a lot of depth. So after you know after the maybe the first ten picks or so, it really kind of dropped off a bit. Um, so obviously, Cade Cunningham coming out of OK State. Uh, the most I watched of him was in the tournament this past year, and he was just absolutely phenomenal. So um, they did make the tournament. Yep. OK, I didn't even know that. OK, cool. Yeah. And so know. Cunningham, you know, that was the really the first the first that I had gotten to watch him. And that's with a lot of these kids. Same thing. You know, I don't watch a ton of college basketball throughout the season. But once the tournament starts, you know, March Madness begins, you know, I'm just glued to the TV. And that's where you that's where a lot of these guys make their draft stock rise Max. is yep. what they can do in the tournament. So. Yep. So, yeah, I loved loved watching Cunningham. You know, him being the number one pick was 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 pretty much a no-brainer. Um, and then the Rockets taking Jalen Green also was kind of a no-brainer there. That was, those were already going to be like the number one, number two picks there. Um, mm-hmm. So I, I don't think anything surprised me there. Um, but for the rest of it, yeah, there were a lot of names that I did not recognize just because, like you, you know, I didn't watch a ton of college basketball this year. Right. And and, I, and I, like you said, you brought up a good point. I, I looked at the last five or six draft classes, and I don't have them up in front of me, but... I would you brought up from ten below. I would even say from five below, it it, it just deteriorates. Um, it, I was looking at the Ben Simmons class, uh, uh, the Lonzo Ball class, uh, Zion Williamson's class. Like the, the last five years, as far as if you don't have like a top three pick, it's almost like Bitcoin. You just don't know what you got. Um, it's literally that. So I just wanted to pick your brain about it and and kind of see. Um, I don't know with the G League, with players being able to leave high school and not go to the G League, is that going to help out? We got a couple of players that took that route. I think the Jalen Green Cat um, that plays for the Rockets now, I think he he went that route. And I think the guy that they picked, that the Warriors picked up, also did that as well. So it's going to be really, really interesting to see. But I just wanted to pick up, uh, talk to, the, to, to you to see, you know, a- am I missing something here? But it sounds like I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Nope, I don't think you're missing a thing. Okay, cool. Also, so while we're talking about college, I also wanted to bring up, and I talked about it last week, but you you definitely bring a lot of college football. You're you're definitely um, uh, an aficionado of that. that what, what's your take on the Big Twelve kind of deteriorating, and with with the University of Texas and Oklahoma um, now transferring over, getting into the transfer portal, <laughs> and getting into the SEC? Yeah, so that's going to be. I mean, it's just watching the watching the whole conference just kind of you know just absolutely it's, crumble. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's gonna be interesting, and I believe um, 
oh who was it uh, i think it was it might have been Notre dame is one of the like one of the teams that's still kind of trying to find a home at this point um oh so and, now they want to find a home i guess so i don't know who knows what's gonna happen with them um okay. but but i will say that you know with the additions you know of of the big 12 teams going to the going to the sec it's going to be i mean it's it's just that's where that's where the bread and butter of college football is right now it's, it's you know it's in the it's in the sec alabama is obviously you know top notch of course mm-hmm. um but i think it's just going to mean you know it could be more primetime games you know getting on the sec network you know is going to be huge as well for a lot of these teams mm-hmm. um so it's almost like they're now just creating you know these you know how how professional teams have these super teams well now you just have these super conferences with all these big names going into one conference absolutely and i and, and it's kind of interesting and, and i think bb actually brought up a good point with the whole with texas and oklahoma kind of joining into the sec will yeah. that will that be somewhat of a leverage chip for these these recruits um you know you don't have to go you don't have to necessarily go to a nick saban to get prime you know top line competition in the sec you can kind of stay home at the university of texas or oklahoma and not really have you know as opposed to getting beaten up on everybody in the big 12 you can kind of stay home and now get top-notch football because like you said the sec is the bread and butter has been like that for almost the last 10 years um you know you take clemson and maybe florida state I think 1-1, OSU 1-1 with Ezekiel Elliott. So out of the three, you know, especially with the college football playoff, it's really just been the, it's been the Alabama Invitational. Um, and so my, I guess my question will be, does this make the SEC, well, it does, it, it definitely brings the value up, but can this help out as far as recruiting and maybe it'll start kind of maybe showing some chinks in the armor for the almighty University of Alabama where maybe it'll start even the playing field or as far as Nick, as long as Nick Saban's coaching, nobody really has a chance. I mean, well, well, as we've seen over the years, you know, Nick Saban's team can be beat, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, now, like you said, for recruiting purposes, it could be like, you know, hey, come to, you know, come, come to, come to our school, you know, come to Texas, come to Oklahoma state, you know, and you can get to play against the Alabamas, the Auburns, the Floridas, you know, play against these big boy teams, you know, and, you know, maybe get, get a little bit more recognition, a little bit more TV time than you would have going to a different school or, you know, if we were in another conference. Yeah, absolutely. Now, so now there's the pros and there's, there's the plus side and there's the, 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 the backside. So now you have the SEC, which practically has houses. You got, Let's, let me just think off the top of my head. You got Alabama, Florida, Georgia. Every now and then you can get a good Auburn team. Um, then you got Oklahoma that's always in the mix of things. And then you got Texas who's always right around the top, on the cusp of a top 25, top 15 team. So you have all this this this, thir- this, this thoroughbred of a conference. Man, Chris, what happens to the rest of college football? You still got uh, uh, Clemson. USC that's floating out there Oregon that's kind of out there you have all of these like onesies and twosies let's not even think about the Big Ten schools as far as uh, Iowa goes uh, 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 Penn State you have all of these like onesies and twosies that are kind of just straggling hanging out here how does that help with the college football playoff as far as like rankings and scheduling games and things like that because you know everything's basically housing the SEC and it's kind of like okay it's SEC versus what everyone else now or how are all these other schools going to be able to like try to vouch for a, a, a spot for one of the playoff spots? Yeah, it's going to be it's it's going to be interesting. At least what it's going to do, it's going to make the SEC, you know, playoffs a lot more exciting. You're going to have a lot more top, you know, those two more top teams in there. They're going to be competing and battling. So, um, I don't know if it's really going to affect the other conferences as far as you know the playoff rankings are concerned. 
but it's certainly going to make the conference playoffs that much more exciting to watch, at least in the SEC. Absolutely. That SEC championship game is going to be a, that like, you know, like as far as back in the day, I think, well, what year was that when Alabama lost the game, didn't get invited, to, didn't make it to the SEC championship game, still was able to get one of the top four teams um, to get in the college football playoff. I, I forgot what year that was. It's, it, I think it's, it, yo, we might have four SEC teams that might be in the college football playoffs, play, barring how this plays out. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, it'll be interesting. I mean, obviously, Clemson is going to be, Clemson's going to be in the mix. Ohio State's going to be in the mix. Um, you know, Notre Dame, whoever the heck they go, um, you know, they could certainly be there. But yeah, you're going to have Alabama. You know, Texas A&M is going to be in the conversation. Oklahoma, Georgia. Florida, Georgia, they're all going to be there in the mix in the top 10. Yeah, so this might be a good thing. And it also might knock off the uni- the almighty of University of Alabama who's been holding it down for almost, man, it feels like almost 15 years now. It's 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 been 10 plus years for sure. So um, we'll see how that goes. But uh Man, I, I I can't thank you enough for coming on the show. Um, I'm trying to think why I still got you here. Quick, is it too early to give you give me your Super Bowl pick, your Super Bowl champ yet? It's not too early because I'm gonna you know I'm gonna I'm gonna go with um, I'm I'm still sticking with Tampa Bay out of the okay. NFC because they're they brought the entire and I mean the entire the band entire. back together from last yep. year. Um, and again, I'm I really love what Buffalo is doing over there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna go Buccaneers Bills. Okay, Buccaneers and Bills. Yep. I so I, I I you brought up a good point with you. It, it's not it's not that mo- you don't see every day after a Super Bowl team where all twenty two starters come back and want to run it back. All twenty two. Um, right. Hell, you, even the Chiefs couldn't even do that last year uh, coming into the last season. So, I it's hard to pick against Tampa Bay, and I feel like every time I t- I don't pick Tom Brady, he somehow he makes me look like Boo Boo the Fool. So I'm not going to do that this year. I don't want to sound too cliche, but I think Kansas City is able to figure it out. So I think we may get a rematch of Tampa Bay against Kansas City. And I fig- I think Tampa Bay's defense is so much more superior than Kansas City that I think they're going to be able to run it back. I agree. I, I, so, I'm right there with you. So, yeah. So, hey, I, I appreciate you coming on with that. We, before we get you out of here, I got to get you get one of your big dummies of the day, man. Oh gosh, um, I was not prepared with my big dummy, but I did read what yours is going to be, and I'm going to have to agree with you. Okay, cool. So, with uh, for those who don't know, there's a rapper called Da Baby, not related to Little Baby, but who I honestly have I had I had to Google who who that was. Really, you didn't know who the yep. baby is? Oh, okay. No, no. Okay. Hey, hey, not no judgment here. Matter of <laughs> fact, no. He, hey, he came out this year, especially came out the scene hot last year. 2020 was definitely his year. Um, one of the more up and coming younger rappers. Um, I think he dropped two albums last year. So the baby's a well known rapper. He goes to Rolling Loud last weekend or two weekends ago. Gives this whole spiel about uh, homosexuals and HIV and all this other stuff, and it's just a bad look. Um, he tries to cover it up and says that it was supposed to be in house and that that wasn't supposed to be leaked. Well, you big dummy, you should have had everyone's cell phones locked up like Bruno Mars and Dave Chappelle does. That's strike one. Strike two, after he after he makes these outlandish comments, he kind of tries to backtrack. There's a whole lot of A-list celebrities that come after him. Madonna goes after him. Quest love of the roots. I'm pretty sure you know who the roots are, Chris. Oh, oh, absolutely. Okay, absolutely. cool. Cool. Shout out to the roots. They were uh, at the Dave Chappelle show that I attended to last uh, two or three weeks ago. Really, really good show. Um, so the legendary roots um, and the leader of the and the, the roots, who happens to be the live band for Jimmy Fallon every night on NBC. 
Yep. So Quest Love said, you know, he gives his two cents about the whole situation that the baby says. The baby replies back and says, I don't even know who you are. How do you not know who this man is, the baby? You was on Jimmy Fallon as a musical guest and you had the roots as your backup band. So how do you, how can you say you don't know who this man is when he was literally your band? So I know there's some form of sound check and all these other things where you have to meet the band. How do you not know that? So the baby, you've been already skating, skating on thin ice way before this whole bad PR happened. And now I believe he just got pulled off of another music festival. So I don't know if they're about to go on this whole mute the baby, but it looks like it's inevitable. So um, the baby, you definitely get my big dummy of the day. Chris says he agrees. Um, yep. So there's that. Hey, Chris, tell them where they can find you at, though, man. Absolutely. Um, so for, for all of you guys listening out there right now, uh, the Fantasy Headliners, we recently dropped our 2021 uh, Fantasy Football Draft Guide, which you can get over at thefantasyheadliners.com for just $19.99, over 600 virtual pages of fantasy goodness to get you guys ready for your NFL draft. Everything from rankings to the perfect draft to the dynamic running back rating, player profiles, over 300 of them. We've got you guys covered for the NFL fantasy football drafts that you have coming up this month. And you guys can find me over on Twitter at ChrisKennedy318. Um, also, take, check out our, our YouTube channels, you know, the Fantasy Headliners and Headliner U, where we are dropping daily videos every single day dropping brand new videos for you guys to get you ready for your upcoming fantasy football season hey yo my man did you just say 600 pages 600 virtual pages of just non-stop information to get you ready for your drafts when do you sleep bro <laughs> so it was so the one thing that's great about this this draft uh, this draft guide is it's the entire team you know Jake and Kyle who are the you know Jake's the creator of the fantasy headliners uh, Kyle's our, our other main guy Chris Chouse myself um, we've got Ethan Turner who's our, our our resident doctor who does all the injury analysis you know the whole team was was together to really put together this draft guide and uh, it took about you know six to seven of us and then our our graphic designer who put all of it together so it was a it was a collective effort from everybody and it was a lot of fun to do okay that, that's that's i i'm just still tripping off the 600 virtual pages <laughs> um that that's congratulations and how many followers you guys have because i know you hit a, a huge milestone not too long ago if i'm mistaken right yeah um so last year we topped a hundred thousand uh youtube subscribers and this year so far uh you know we're still we're still getting some people back right now for for the the upcoming fantasy football season uh but right now we're up to 116,000 youtube subscribers we have about 1200 videos uh, that have been posted just over the last three years when jake first started the channel my god hey congratulations salute to you guys you guys are doing amazing stuff over there um once again it's 19 bucks y'all for for some mm -hmm. good for some good stuff and it's all digital you ain't even got to go to the old hey i come from the fantasy football leagues where you had to go to the little grocery store to get you get your guys it's all right there online so uh hey man check him out you can check me out at sports business s-p-r-t-z-b-i-z-n-e-s-s.com also on the Twitterverse, it's spelled that way. You can also follow me on Instagram at Money Compton. Um, without further ado, Chris, again, I can't thank you enough. I know we've been trying to get this down for a few weeks, but today was a great day. Today was the perfect timing, and that's how we do it, man. So I appreciate Absolutely. you, man, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you so much, bro. Thank you, man, for having me on. It's always great to get on with you, just to chop it up and, and talk sports and just have fun. 
Hey man, I tell you, my when I say you my fantasy guy, you are my fantasy guy. So there's been times. Oh, I got where, you. Yeah, there's times when I'm I, outside of the state of Nevada when I'm able to do some daily fantasy. You're literally the first person when I say, "Hey, I'm going to do some daily fantasy." What's popping? So um, I hope that'll continue on this year. You know, barring travels a little bit more open, I'm able to go to a few more places. But man, mm-hmm. when I say you're my guy, you're my guy, dog. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate that. Thank you so much, man. Anytime. Hey, y'all stay safe. Love one another. And we out. We're running back next week. Thanks a lot.